Good morning. This is John Anderson on day five of GDC. Um, this is just going to be my uh, my day four impressions by myself sitting in my hotel room talking into this microphone. Uh, and that should be it for me. Uh, so um, on Thursday, um, my the first panel I went to was uh, uh, the presentation on Beam um, with uh, Greg Smith from beam and also you know he works on xbox live uh broadcasting stuff um i really wanted to go to they had a classic postmortem on uh sid meyer's civilization the first civ game uh that was that was one of the few panels that actually filled up at gdc and they turned people away so i went and caught greg's um greg's talk um you know i knew a lot about beam going in but they did announce a lot of uh, of new features that I think are going to be great for for developers and uh, well, actually, the entire um, user base, so f developers, uh, streamers, and then and then uh, viewers as well. So if you don't know about Beam, Beam is um, I mean, it's frankly it's Microsoft's Twitch competitor uh, competitor, um, but offers uh, super low latency, so less uh, I think two hundred and fifty millisecond. Uh, end-to-end -end latency uh, as, uh, as opposed to if you've ever watched a stream on Twitch, you're talking about 30, 40 seconds. And that's part of the reason some of these things like Twitch plays Pokemon are so uh, so actually impressive that it, that, it, that it works that way. And speaking of like Twitch plays Pokemon, um, the other major selling point of, of uh, Beam is it has interactivity built in. Um, there are hooks that developers can put into their games or simple things that streamers can do to get uh, not just uh, a chat, but but other other sort of things happen in their stream and in their games. Uh, like I, you know, it's you, you kind of just have to see see it for yourself. Uh, but there there there's the interactive platform, and then uh, Greg touched on um, a rich positive community. And I spoke with him a little bit afterwards, uh, and I was like, "Hey, well, as this thing scale uh, uh, scales as it as it does, uh, how do you um, how do you keep that 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 positive energy uh, when you know you could see a lot of things around uh, video games certainly turn into uh, turn toxic, right? Like even the best of communities." can can crumble when it when it when it gets big and uh you know he had some good things to say about that like uh, around their plans on on uh on moderation so uh he did talk about beam interactive 2.0 um so uh the the interactive platform is going to get even richer uh games individual games will be able to detect uh unique input and and know which user click them um so not just taking the inputs from the the hive uh knowing exactly who in said hive uh took that that action uh and then be able to they'll be able to subdivide the audience into different input groups so if you said uh you could actually have something competitive like you know red uh red versus blue and and um and uh put put more hooks into the games that way uh there was some technical stuff that i didn't truly understand uh and then he started to talk about um more features for um beam 2.1 2.2 2.3 uh but new new input aggregation and um and and custom controls uh 
dynamic controls that come from the the game client so rather than from the service itself uh all that stuff's really interesting i think beam is um i mean you know at microsoft when the when uh, the uh, they were first acquired last summer you saw you saw everybody sort of uh in a bit of a fervor when it came to planning around uh, how do we integrate beam how do we how do we do this but uh but you know it's it i mean it truly is a a cool platform that i think um is going to offer a lot in our uh you know for for our in, in the gaming space uh pardon me i'm recording this just after i woke up so no coffee yet um so i'll, I'll try to continue to bring the energy as i talk about Building multiplayer games with the Oculus platform. Uh, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna say like w here, what are what are some things that directly relate uh, one to one with John's job? Um, I think you're gonna this was this is the one um, that you know they went through their whole uh, kind of Xbox Live equivalent, like their their meta game uh, service config. Uh, I think I just want to say like one of the things about and I, I find this especially true about um, the VR. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, about the VR community is um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously they're doing a very similar thing, and it's you could you could say it's it's competitor-ish. We all do have the same problems, and so everybody is really willing to talk about some some of those problems. And I think with Oculus, I mean, there's. Their dev dashboard is a completely open open environment, so I mean, it doesn't it doesn't do them any favor if I ask them a question and they don't answer because I you know I kind of technically work at a frenemy, um, but uh, you know they showed off their their service config and how how that kind of works. They're also talking about um, besides just that piece of it, they were talking about how. Uh, multiplayer in vr is how how it's uh how important it, how much more engaging it could be than traditional multiplayer because of the idea of co-presence um so that part was interesting um you know they talked about the multiplayer journey and it was starting to get a little jargony but then uh it came around and and they showed off the cool features that well, I guess the features that I was kind of there to see. So they have, uh, they're working on uh, a feature called events, um, which is um, basically setting multiplayer multiplayer play dates. Uh, you can basically set up an organized event. It's not as complicated as setting up, uh, say, a tournament, but just uh, a, a coordinated multiplayer event, and you can you, the link that you end up outputting can you can have something that deep links into a game which i think is really interesting i wonder how hard that is to, to implement um because i've i've seen similar things on the xbox live side and it's uh you know haven't seen a ton of developers uh implement it um they've added voice chat uh uh, uh o oculus discover which kind of is like a community page um which is something similar to, to, to what we have in, in game hubs. Uh, there, they have parties. We, you know, that's a multiplayer parties is a pretty standard thing at this point, but it has, uh, in-game lobbies with like lightweight mini games in them. Uh, it kind of reminded me of PlayStation home, which if anybody remembers was, uh, 
uh, kind of a second second life sort of thing. Um, and then in the party, there's like a coordinated app launch. Um, a lot of their features seem to be going to mobile um, VR first and then rolling into um, into proper Oculus Home. Um, so that's, you know, that was inter that's an interesting approach. I'm not sure what the, the user's like base is on either or, or especially like, I mean, I don't know what the active user base is on uh, on Gear VR. I know that, or I would think that, I would think that the folks who have spent six uh, six to eight hundred dollars on their their setup can have probably. I would like to think they spend a lot of time in it. I mean, I know I I don't actually find a ton of time to use my my uh, my headset. I think that's another big thing that came out in uh, GDC is uh, Oculus dropped the price of the headset plus touch controllers to down to $600. And, I mean, they've got to be taking a, a, a hit on that. I mean, they got that Facebook money. Um, I mean, they're also kind of embroiled in the in a, a struggle with ZeniMax right now. So we'll see kind of how that all shakes out. Um, I, I think making high-end VR more approachable. I mean, you still have to have a, uh, we'll say six to eight hundred dollar computer, depending on what you can what you can manage to put together uh, cheaply. Um, so you're still, I mean, you're looking at twelve to fourteen hundred dollars minimum for a, for a high-end uh, uh, VR experience. Although I've seen some bundles of prefab computers dip below that. Uh, but like anything they can do to get this high-end stuff in front of um, in front of users is is going to help the industry. Obviously, I think the um, I mean the the thing, and I I mean it's why you're not seeing AAA publishers do a lot in VR yet is because there's hey, um, you know a million uh, devices out across all. Uh, platforms or I, mean, I, know, I know it's more than that now because uh, psvr sold sold like hotcakes and then you know calling that high end is the tracking's not great on those little the the ice cream cone controllers um but you know and so some people are like oh you know ex exclusives are bad but the thing is like oculus is funding those ex exclusives so they won't exist otherwise um or, or they're helping f fund some of that stuff and you know there are ways of playing at least on the PC, there are ways of playing uh, Oculus stuff on Vive and and uh, and vice versa, right? Like with minimum really hackery, uh, depending on which way which way you're going. Uh, the PlayStation stuff is kind of, I you know I understand how consoles work. Uh, I just really 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 want to play Res Infinite in my on my Oculus. Uh, you know I don't terribly want to play Resident Evil in it, but I you know, would be great if the, uh, the PC version supported, um, supported VR. Uh, sorry, I've got, I've digressed. I think that's a major theme of, of these podcasts, right? Is me going off on these, on these tangents, but, um, let's see, uh, Oculus is, it has matchmaking, um, with some simple criteria that it's very similar, uh, to what, you know, other services do so you can like create custom hoppers based on a skill uh service quality or ping as you might more commonly know it uh and customized by language which i think um is interesting and then you had the ability to kind of like uh, degrade those search criteria and create 
we what we refer to as should rules, should rules, just rolls off the tongue. Uh, simple achievements and leaderboards are both part of their service config. Very like their entire. Uh, I think the UX in their um, dev portal is is just so fantastic. Um, and in talking to them after the the way theirs works is everything's test uh, kind of just tested in retail, right? You authorize different accounts who can test it. You have to test it before you release it, but the whole flow is is just so simple. Um, and then of course, I mean, streaming is a big story, right? Live streaming to Facebook is is built directly into uh, their service. It captures um, from the eye capture, right? So it's not necessarily putting in a lot of extra. It's not. It's, it's definitely not doing extra work on the game client. Um, and it seems like it has minimal impact on uh, the, the machine it's running on. So um, that was really cool. So uh, I also spent a lot of time on the show floor uh, yesterday. And I think that's that's really important, especially to kind of see what's coming. I mean, there's a ton of games. I forgot that they, there's actually a ton of people showing games. Uh, I think really I sort of gravitated a lot towards, towards student games and... Um, you know, it gave me another opportunity to talk to people about the the creators program and hand out cards and and uh, t talk to devs and, and see if they're there. Are, there are people excited about the program and it's really kind of um, been great to see that reaction. Uh, I did. I was just walking by the PlayStation booth and um, they're showing off Gran Turismo Sport. I I'm a, a bit of a racing game enthusiast. And so I stopped to take a look, and then, like, the guy presenting, I'm like, a senior UX designer. Uh, so I started chatting with, I found, I managed to find my exact counterpart at Sony, um, who is the, the UX lead on the uh, uh, the games ingestion portal. Um, and that we, uh, we really kind of hit it off. Uh, I had a really good uh, chat with him for, for uh, a few minutes there, and uh, a real nice guy. So that that was that was kind of really cool because you know, um, the stuff I work on is so specialized. Sometimes you know you forget that there are other people out there designing uh, user experience for game developers. Um, you know whether it's at Sony or or Unity or uh, uh, Unreal. So so that was really uh, I had a great chat with him. Uh, I went to the alt.control uh, section of the show floor. And these are all alternative control input uh, games. Uh, there will be pictures probably. Uh, I'll probably include one picture in uh, as the cover image for this show. But they had something called Space Box, which is, I mean, it's basically a Calvin and Hobbes simulator, right? It's a simple space shooting game, but you sit, you literally sit in a, uh, uh, a cardboard box that has been colored with crayons and the box is the control mechanism um it it's just so dang adorable uh and the the sound effects inside uh are just like are literally th noises people have made with their mouth go pew 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 it's it's so cool uh, you have to wear a uh, a colander on your head as part of the whole whole thing um it was really neat um uh the last panel i went to was that, that I took significant notes at was uh, Unravel, um, making empathy a game mechanic. Um, so it was really interesting to hear them talk about the design process for this game that doesn't have, I mean, there's no, it's not like there's any dialogue in this game, but 
a way of tr- talking about having talking about like very specifically trying to get the player to empathize with the player character and have an emotional connection very quickly is something that I think a lot of games have to do or, or a lot of games do but um, hearing the process of bringing that to life was really interesting um, I have some really heartfelt quotes here like uh, they want the player to appreciate what it is to be whole by knowing what it's like to be broken and the character starts tethered to the things you love and we, they you get weaker as you move further from them so uh the he talks about the balance of gameplay having to be difficult at times and there having to be player danger but balanced as to not scare people off and so this is something that i think a lot of games do and i think inside uh does this particularly well is uh there have to be close calls uh and narrow escapes and sort of these things that that feel like oh my gosh i just I just pulled that off while knowing that it was almost certain that you would you would get away with it um, and trying not to abuse a, a death mechanic like making death have to um, have to matter. And lastly, I went to um, uh, the ID at Xbox uh, mixer last night and that was uh, that was quite a good time as uh as all of these open bar events tend to be. Um, but it was a really good opportunity to connect with developers who, for the most part, are in the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, and so, and some who are not, some who are aspiring. Um, and, uh, and you know, talked. I talked to a few people, like a, a students and stuff about the creators program, but, but I got a lot of feedback from folks who have been working with Microsoft. And... Um, and you know their managed partner experience is is generally positive, although having to kind of dig a little to get that that real uh, the real juicy nougat of God that is just disgusting. What am I talking about? It's, to get in and get the the, the really uh, the really good feedback. Um, so talk to tons of people. Like everybody's it's like super forthcoming about the process and it's, it's just really great to uh, directly connect with, with, uh, with users. Um, uh, I was there with one of my PM counterparts and I think it was really, I mean, um, you know, it's, it's really good to kind of go do that kind of stuff together, uh, with, with your PM, um, as opposed to, oh, well, we're getting this feedback funneled through this particular avenue and these are the things we need to fix because this person, you know, I'm, I'm being a little too vague at this point to, but, um, but yeah, that was a, a really positive experience. So, uh, it is currently seven thirty-five in the morning, Friday morning. I am going to, uh, eat breakfast, finish packing my bag. Uh, I'm getting my Nintendo switch today. It is being delivered to this hotel. And then, a couple more panels uh, and or the show floor before my wife and son get here midday and GDC is officially done and, and vacation and my little three-day vacation begins. So um, I really want to say thank you to everybody that's listened to um, the these podcasts over the last few days. I've... Um, you know, I've gotten a lot of great feedback and it's it's really encouraging because frankly, like sending something like this out to your peers uh, and your bosses is, it, it could be a little nerve wracking, right? Because I, I, I spend a lot of time podcasting over the last several years, but I don't tend to share it widely at work. 
But if you do like hearing my voice or or the way uh, I kind of approach things, we'll say, uh, or if you like those two jokers I had on yesterday, I do have a uh, a podcast where we rewatch uh, the show The OC. So if you like teen drama, um, that's <laughs> if you want to hear us be really dumb. Basically, you can you can uh, seek that out on on iTunes or just ask me at work. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for for listening. Thank you for all the great feedback. Um, and I will, uh, you know, I'm assuming a lot of the I I'm assuming a lot of people listen. A lot of the the listens I've gotten are, are colleagues. So if you have other qu- questions about GDC, uh, you know, just reach out to me directly. I think this is, um, I think it's a great event. Um, there are three, you know, I guess Steam Dev Days is not every year, but that that was a really solid uh, event. So this PAX Dev, these are these are great times to uh, to meet and talk to game developers, and I think that you know they're in a, a super important part of uh, what my team works on, and and having this this opportunity is great. And then um, obviously like. I've been obsessed with video games for for the past thirty years. So, uh, so seeing how the sausage is made is 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 uh, is great. It's, it's I mean it's really really interesting. And I think there's oh man there's one other thing. It's like you you're constantly walking around here and you're seeing people you admire from uh, whether it be because they're an important person in the press or uh, uh, or they've created something incredible that you've enjoyed. And I think just not. And I think this happens at, at Microsoft too. Um, and I, I think, but it's like never like hesitate to just tell if you see somebody whose work you admire to just tell them. I think we all enjoy. I, I mean, we all enjoy compliments, I guess. But like we all, there's there's no there's no there shouldn't be really a lot of hesitation in just telling somebody you like their work because I think we're as as we're all creative people or whatever. I think um, I think we kind of kind of like that, right? I think. I know I do. Anyway, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, here's it's my last pod blast podcast, whatever. Uh, and I will see you later. I never know how to end these. Bye.